everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 311. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 206, The Great Librarian of the Western Sands, which is a really cool name for an episode, I thought. It is. And the episode was a little different, but we couldn't quite figure out how until we got to the end of the episode. Yeah. The first thing I noticed was I felt like just Cecil's voice, the timber of the voice, like the quality, was something different. And I know that God knows, you know, we've seen this, the difference in recording equipment or editing software or who's doing the edit, but they just felt like there was something different about his voice this time. I feel like this must be a very recently recorded episode, in which case his voice might be a little bit tired from doing all the live shows now, which they haven't been able to do live shows for a while, so he may be adjusting. Yeah, yeah. I just found out today, Thursday, May 5th is when they're coming Mm -hmm. to San Diego. I will be back in town by that point. So I'm like, "Mm, maybe I'll go see it. I don't know. But anyway, uh, basic uh, kind of idea of the story is there is a giant librarian loose in the desert. And Tamika is leading a team, including Cecil, to go and hunt this librarian down. And the other members of the team hunting it down is Michelle Nguyen and intern Maureen, who Mm -hmm. tells Cecil she would really appreciate if he would stop calling her former intern or intern Maureen because she hasn't been an intern and he also never filled out all the slips for her school, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, oh, once an intern, always an intern. I'd be like, I would take that as a threat, I think. Yeah, I definitely would, especially when he talked about that one intern last week who left and he's like, the internship will track you down so yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there's also um Joffen Dormer is someone who has joined and of course as soon as you hear his name and Cecil starts talking about well he seems really enthusiastic but I don't know anything about him and I'm like this guy's gonna die before the end of the episode so gonna die I have oh to wonder God. if Joffen Dormer if you like could scramble those letters and come up with something clever I'm yeah. not sure I wouldn't be surprised I could check this like you know but we why would we prepare or haven't looked at it? anyway um also Cecil at one point when he starts talking he says call Cecil. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we're doing a Moby Dick theme for the entire episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but their weapons are heavy books. Mm. And that's pretty much it. Tamika has a copy of Ulysses, the annotated version, which, yeah, that's got to be pretty friggin' huge. Oh, yeah. And they met at Larry Leroy's house at the edge of town, and Larry was barbecuing, but Tamika wouldn't even let them stop for one rib, which seems like a shame, because barbecued ribs, oh my goodness. And Tamika is very certain that at least one member of our group will not come back, and I'm like, it's Joffin, isn't it? I'm thinking it's probably Joffin, yeah, but I'm almost, I'm almost certain. And also, Tamika voice, she actually narrates about half this episode. Yeah, Symphony Sanders. Yeah, yeah, and she comes in, she's talking about I don't know, Thad, a gentleman who actually first tracked the great librarian into the desert and he would always go on windless days so that he could like follow his footsteps back and yet one day he went in and he turned around and his footsteps were gone and he was on the edge of a cliff but actually he was on the edge of the mouth of a giant librarian and Tamika says, how do I know this? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Just just lampshade that little bit and moving right along. So Cecil is not very enthusiastic about all this. Uh, He says right up front, I am not good in a fight. 
And he also forgot to pack any food for this multi-day expedition in the desert. But that's fine because it turns out Michelle Nguyen is really skilled at uh, desert survival tactics, Mm -hmm. which, you know, finding your own food and being able to survive all the temperature changes. And she just kind of blows it off. It's like, ah, it's something I picked up in art school. And I thought, well, I went to art school and I didn't learn anything about that. And I feel robbed. And well, you should. Yes. Uh, Maureen also knows how to use kites to stimulate desert birds, I think. And Joffin was there. So, yeah, anyway. And Tamika's pretty intense in all of this. So she Mm. does seem to be embracing the whole Ahab role in hunting down this librarian. And we get a little bit of backstory for her that she first ran into a librarian when she was nine years old because her parents took her to the library then because they believed that she needed to confront the scary things in life. So they gave her a Bowie knife and sent her off to the reference section. Yeah, which is interesting because up to this point, I think our backstory of Tamika, the first time we ever heard about her was with the summer reading program when they all went in to read books and librarians attacked and Tamika ended up gathering a group of people and they slaughtered the librarian. That was our first experience. I thought that was what shaped her into the librarian hunter that she is today. No, apparently it started much earlier. I feel like I need to reread the first Night Vale novel because they have a whole section where the main character confronts a librarian in the depths of the library, and it was just so cool. And yeah. you still don't have a really good idea of what they look like, although you get a better idea of what they look like in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cecil's voice comes in again, and he's... You know, Tamika didn't want them to go back for the night, and Cecil was kind of wanting to do that, but Joffin, in his, like, very, I don't know, dramatic and inspiring voice, tells them that they need to not retreat, they need to, and then he totally gets eaten by a librarian. Something the deep blue sea, the bit with them. exactly what I thought, yes, exactly, Samuel Jackson. Somebody getting devoured right after an inspiring speech. Oh my god, right in the middle of inspiring speech. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not, but I have seen that scene. Oh my God, that they did that to Samuel Jackson. I just remember, I, I may have seen it in the theater, I can't remember, but I just remember the everybody watching just appalled and really impressed that they would do that. <laughs> so um, the librarian turns on all of them after taking out Joffin and attacks them, and the last thing Cecil sees as he's grabbed was the clouds, the sky, and the weather. And then we go to the weather. And the weather is kind of kind of hardcore garage band punk, I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of the shouting the lyrics sort of thing. Yeah, but I have a note that says it's not particularly screamy, which I like. You know, it definitely gets shouty, but not like that kind of like ragey kind of screaming thing that sometimes is like, eh, I could take it or leave it. But it was Hell is Other People by Bangs with two Z's. <laughs> The two Z's, yes. Mm. Definitely very aggressive piece. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tamika again, and she's talking about how the librarian got Cecil and Maureen and Michelle, and Tamika runs at the librarian screaming, from hell's heart I stab at thee, which she says is a quote from a book about Push, which is a novelization of the movie Push, which is totally not. No, no, totally not. No. Um, we got a little bit of a description of what this giant librarian looks like. And she had said before about 
what the legend says that this monster looks like. And it's all sorts of weirdness, like teeth, the shape of a van sort of thing, and a mm. spine as long as a highway. And she said, so pretty much like any librarian, but a lot bigger. But here she described it, and it sounds like a bunch of tentacles around a gigantic blinking eye. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I was thinking of the Sarlacc, but you don't see an eye in the Sarlacc. That's just a big mouth with tentacles. So yeah. I feel like... I feel like that's just like a standard sci-fi trope, you know, a giant eye, a giant mouth, and a whole bunch of tentacles. So, yeah. But she stares directly into the eye, and she recognizes the same hunger for information that she has had ever since she was nine years old. And she doesn't think that there's that much difference between her and the librarian. I mean, she doesn't eat people, but she doesn't really think that she was ever appointed by anybody to be the slaughterer of librarians. So she drops her heavy book and she tells the librarian to leave in peace. And I was surprised it actually put down Cecil and Michelle and intern Maureen before it leaves. But it does leave. Yep. And then you hear Cecil's voice. Huh. I don't get it. (laughs) So Cecil being Cecil is like, it really felt like Tamika had the drop on it, but uh, she didn't go for it. And she's like, okay, all right. So, um, oh, yeah, I guess we have to get to the rest of the news. How long have we been talking? So that apparently was all <laughs> the first news item of the day, that whole thing that we just heard. Which, re- that was what we were um, getting confused about at the beginning of this episode, because we were like, have they done the intro music yet? I don't think they have. No, all of this was the intro. So he just kind of like rockets through all the other stuff like the sponsor and the community calendar which he completely waves off and he's like ah you're not going to go to any of those things and the children's fun fact uh science corner was the earth is technically a fruit but a poisonous one and Mm -hmm. i like that very much i do i do he says traffic there's like some crashes and that's about it um i think the sponsor of the day was putrefy that's that's all we hear about that one but um and yeah and the news for night Vale was that aliens picked up the entire town and then put it all back down with the buildings in order of height, which he says is going to be really convenient because to find your way around, all you have to do is remember how tall the building is that you're looking for. Um, and yeah, he just kind of blasted through all of that. And then he finished up with the, uh, the next up. He said, next up, salt, fat, acid, heat. Uh, not on the radio, in your house. It's going to be a weird five minutes. <laughs> And that was it. That was the end. We never got the Night Vale intro music, and we never got Welcome to Night Vale from Cecil, which, I mean, it's so funny. We always make fun of the IMDb trivia that gets in the minutia that you would think nobody would really care about. Like, oh, this is the first time that the Paramount logo has appeared animated behind a picture of a real mountain, whatever, you know, all that kind of like really minutia. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, how many times have we had a Night Vale episode where Cecil didn't say welcome to Night Vale? It's not many, not nope. many at all. Nope, nope, nope. So yeah, I really thought it was interesting because the whole episode, I was a little bit on edge because I was waiting for that intro thing. Are they going to do it eventually? Or are they not? It's just such a silly little thing, but I'm just like, is he going to say welcome to Night Vale? He never said welcome to Night Vale. Sometimes I wonder if the uh, creators of Night Vale hear people complaining about the intro music, about whether it changes and when they want to change it back and whether they thought this version works. And sometimes I think they're like, oh, what if we didn't have it at all? Yeah, that was... I, because I want to like read deeper meanings into it. I mean, I know. So you went to see the live show. Now mm-hmm. Cecil was there for the live show. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. 
because I had remembered an announcement when they said that he wasn't going to be there. Is this his last live show? Is that what it was? Because it was, I mean, two years of the pandemic and things be changed. So I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think I had heard that. I was a little surprised of Meg Bashwinner not being there, but she's got a good excuse. She's got a baby that's too young to get vaccinated right yeah, now. So yeah. can't really go out on the road. That was definitely a thing where they were saying that Cecil wasn't really going to be doing like he was still going to be part of the show, but not the live shows. So every time there's something where Cecil is less involved, I'm like, man, I mean, Cecil is the voice of Night Vale. He can't leave us completely. But then I hear stuff like this. I'm like, are they phasing him out? I don't know. So always interesting. Man, what was the name of the um, radio host that he replaced? Oh, you had to ask me that. I don't remember. Leonard oh. Leonard something, I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, we could probably look it up, but we're not going to. Nah, so gonna. it would be fun if they brought him back, I yeah. think. I mean, I know his character's technically dead, but that one episode where he was playing all those tapes, I just love that episode. It's a great episode. Also, the Fidela pack at the end of the episode. Just yeah, the little extra that. click. I will always be grateful to the commenters on the, um, the Night Vale on Pod Bay for catching that moment. Just amazing. It's funny, on a non-Night Vale note, I wanted to mention, I actually ran across this one podcast, and it is Tig and Cheryl True Story, and it is Tig Notaro and Cheryl Hines, and I know Tig Notaro from, she's the sort of deadpan engineer from Discovery, but I know this because I don't follow stand-up comedians. She's had a long stand-up comedy <laughs> career, oh my God. But it's the two of them, and they do pod, a podcast where they talk about documentaries, and I don't know. They did one on the Anthony Bourdain documentary Roadrunner, which is talking about mm-hmm. his life and death and everything. And honestly, they do spend out of an hour episode, a half an hour is them talking about anything else other than the documentary. But they pick on each other a lot, which is kind of funny. And I just, I was taking a walk and just giggling while I was listening. But one of the things I love the best is when they talk about something that they don't know, right? Mm-hmm. There's this running gag that they don't know it, but it's not like they can look it up. You know, that's just a thing they can't do. And just the idea of Googling something like, no, we can't. We don't have time to do that. That's fine. So I just like they were talking about this one director and she reads it aloud. She's like, and it's Doug Neville. Neville? Neville? No way to know. Anyway. And just goes on from there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hand waving that. Oh like, yes, this, this is why we're not prepared here because we can't be. No, no, exactly. So I love it that on our side we're just like, why would we prepare? We could have googled this, but we're not gonna. And they're just like, no way to know. Anyway. <laughs> so in other news, uh, Catherine, I think it was last week you had recommended. On Netflix, they have the animated show Arcane, which is based on the game League of Legends, which I have never played. But my goodness, that is such a pretty show. It is. And it hasn't really... It hasn't really dragged me in yet, and I don't know why. I think the story is good, and the characters are interesting, and the animation, I mean, every single frame of this is just gorgeous. But I'm only halfway through the second episode, mm-hmm. and I've like had this on my watch list for ages, so I really need to buckle down and finish watching it. Yeah, you recommended it to me, and I watched the first episode instantly and watched the second episode And now I'm halfway through the third, and it's been like three days, and I haven't gone any further. But, I mean, the design is so, so neat. Not just the characters, who all look great, 
But like the way that like mechanical objects move or the texture of things, there's this one councilwoman, she's an African-American woman who has like these gold highlights on her face and under her I eyes. I love that character's design. Man. Just adore it. I was thinking instantly as soon as I saw her, I'm like, I don't know anything about League of Legends or this show, but I want to do fan art of her. Just gorgeous. I mean, that show really brought me into the first episode with that opening scene. Yes. Where there's there's no dialogue, but you see the two main characters finding out that their mom didn't survive whatever battle has happened. Yeah. And just the way they animate the one character's face, as you can see, just like that that realistic crying sort of thing, where she yeah. just like has to take gas, gasping breaths. And I got very choked up watching that. And I didn't know anything about these characters yet. Yep, yep. And then there's a scene of several of the characters taking this elevator down and the elevator's going through sort of like a little tunnel and everything. And then it opens up into this giant underworld and just, I mean, you and I love an underworld marketplace. We just mm-hmm, we love mm-hmm. oh, any of that. But the music was just gorgeous and the, the scenery was amazing and it was so dramatic. And then, ooh, that opening shot like the intro for that of course it's an mm-hmm. imagined dragon song playing can't go wrong there lots of really fascinating animation in that intro i i don't know how to describe it it's almost like everything's sort of like grayscaled yeah. but it's still in the 3d animation everybody moving in slow motion really cool yeah i never saw the movie um Oh, God, Agatha Christie, uh, uh, Orient Express, the one that came out a few years ago with uh, uh, Brana. And I never saw it, but I remember the trailer came out and there was an Imagine Dragons song playing. And I was so ready to see this movie just because of the trailer. I just thought it was amazing. So, yeah, just throw some Imagine Dragons on there. I'm in. And yet I never saw the movie. <laughs> I heard the movie was fine, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I watched, the, like, the, I guess it was from the 1960s version of, mm-hmm. um, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. It's weird. I feel like that whole mystery has been very overhyped because you get yeah. to the to the who done it in the end. And I'm like, really? Yeah, that's what we're going for. So I'm not sure how that translated in the Branagh one. Whether they made it feel any more realistic, I don't know. And then there's a new one out. What's Death on the Nile? I guess. Yeah, is, yeah. It's. I guess it's the same creators because Kenneth Branagh is playing the same character. And then what's her face who played Wonder Woman? Uh, um, uh, uh, Gal Gadot. Yes, exactly. And there's this whole online discussion about the fact that it's like we've all convinced ourselves that she's actually a good actress. So I'm like, hey, that seems unfair. Come on. I there's an awful lot of hate for Gal Gadot, and mm. a lot of people want to drag it back to the fact that she's pro-Israel. And I'm just like. She's from Israel. I think yeah. that's kind of to be expected. Everyone's like, oh, she fought in the Israeli army. It's mandatory for Israeli citizens. Yeah. So, yeah, wherever you are on the entire debate, and there is a debate about yeah. Israel, Palestine, oh, all of that. Yeah. I think like pinning it all on Gal Gadot is just a way of saying that you don't like her and you're trying to come up with a socially acceptable reason for not liking her. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I, I thought she did perfectly good in the first Wonder Woman movie. Never saw the second. That's another one where I'm like, did they hear good things? No, it's one, it sounded like one of those things where it's kind of like that cringy sort of madcap. Can't I do understand. it. I can't no. do it. No. Nope, 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 nope. So did you have anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so, no. God, it feels like I, I, there was something else I was going to mention, but what are we on uh, with time anyway? 
Uh, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, so. fine. That's good. Really good. But um, yeah. hang on a second. There was one thing I wanted to check. <laughs> check one more time and see if... Um, uh, as of yesterday, I do think the tracker went up a point for the first time in like oh, five or six oh, days. that's awesome. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking about Spider-Man. Um, oh, uh, no way home if it's available for streaming anywhere other than oh come on IMDb wake up I can't believe that movie's been out since 2021 and we still haven't seen it damn ridiculous. it ridiculous come on IMDb let's catch up here more watch options oh rent by prime video rent by from 599 what hang on hang on hang on yeah yeah you can rent it for um 599 um Ooh. Should we yeah. see it together, or should we just, since it's available now, should we watch it on our own, or what should we do? I don't know. That's a very good question. Maybe we should rent it when we're down in Florida sometime. That sounds like a good plan. That sounds like yeah. a good idea. I will have to see it without Nathan, because Nathan is kind of done with Spider-Man. I mean, he mentioned that um, uh, uh, the Batman movie is playing at Alamo Drafthouse, and I said, well, I've been hearing good things about that. And he said, I'm just kind of tired. How many times are they going to reboot this character? It's like Spider-Man. I'm like, okay, well, that's I, I will remember that, that uh, we should not be pushing Spider-Man for a group outing. No, it's fair. Nathan does have a problem with things going over and over again, a la zombies. So, zombies, yeah. yeah. If, yeah. if you run something into a ground, Nathan will let people know about that. Yeah, aliens versus predator versus anything. So, yeah, that's kind of... Oh, God, yeah. I think he gave... After, like, the first three alien movies, he... Well, no, actually, in Alien 3, he had no interest in seeing. So I think he was done after the first two alien movies. Yeah, no, no. This was oddly like a sidebar that I thought we were going to cut out, but I kind of think we need to keep it in the episode. I think so, yeah. (laughs) That's fair. That's fine. (laughs) Anyway... Oh, other than that, I guess it's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixeladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries, uh, five photo galleries up on the site, plus the interview with the cast and creators of Undone, all from WonderCon 2022. If you see your picture, let us know. Uh, Alex Dehekashan, who took, oh my god, he's probably taken a crap ton of photos, but he immediately went on vacation to visit his family in Oklahoma, so he's not back yet, so we're going to have even more photos on the site, but all that and more, pixelatedgeek.com. So next week, no Night Vale. I think we're going to have Saga by the time next week comes out. Ooh, yes, uh, we will. And we will have Laura Olympus back next oh week, I think. Oh, my God, yes, we will. It's on the 24th, right? Uh, 24th or 23rd, something like that. So oh it's God. coming up really close, and we will have to invest in that fast pass in order to get three episodes at once, because I need the content. Dear Lord. And what about P.E. Blinders? Uh, June 10th. Well, crap. I thought that was Yeah, I that. know. I was in such a hurry to finish up the most recent season so I could be ready in time for the new uh, episodes to drop. And like, okay, yeah, I've got plenty of time. Yeah, fine. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're going to find something to talk about between this week and next week. So, one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to you all later.
no, no, I didn't. Oh my God, I think I may have. I may have accidentally just rented it. Ooh, if no, you I haven't signed in yet. Okay. <laughs>